Hi, I'm Ryan Barnes. And I'm Anakin Barnes. Welcome to season two of the Barnes Boys podcast. We're both big movie fans. And we're both actors. We watch movies through different lenses. You see, my dad grew up in the 80s in a very conservative environment in California. While my son goes to high school at a fine arts school in liberal British Columbia. Each week we watch a different movie. And we discuss it from the different perspectives we bring to the table. Since I've been born, CGI and quick cuts were the norm. Well, all we had were practical effects and converted theater actors. So sit back, relax, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. So something we should probably address is the last couple episodes, we keep saying that we're going to watch Legend of Billie Jean next. Now, if any of you have, have watched this in anticipation of this episode... I we are happy for you that you have been able to find it because in Canada um, it does not have distribution rights and so we've not been able to buy it or rent it or stream it from any source so that's that's something on our bucket list or yeah. if anybody has a uh, digital copy that they want to um, somehow questionably Dropbox over and over <laughs> to us. Sure. Then, yeah, then that'd be great. But yeah, we we just can't get a hold of it. And and as much as we want to include that in this season, it's it's like it's like did Anakin? Have you ever seen that that Jimmy Kimmel bit where he apologized to Matt Damon at the? So okay, so Jimmy Kimmel does the was it the Tonight Tonight Show or Jimmy Kimmel? I forget whatever whatever show that he hosts. Right. Um. So he started this bit where um, where he'd always he'd always say at the end of his show, and sorry, Matt Damon, we ran out of time. And <laughs> like, just the joke is that Matt Damon's waiting in the green room for for his turn, right. but uh, but there was never a time for him. And then this just went on and on, and then it just turned into this uh, this this kind of feud between mm-hmm. them, kind of like. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds right. kind of thing. So, okay. so that's it. So, sorry, uh, sorry, Legend of Billy Jean. We, we just didn't have time for you this time. <laughs> you saying the the oh the feud between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds yes. made me think of Free Guy, which I'm not going to talk about. Okay, but it made me think of something that I forgot to mention when we watched it. Oh, it's a great movie. Everybody listening. Go watch it. Free, yeah, yeah. It was, it was very good, very, very entertaining, a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so what do we got this week? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right. So this week we have Clerks. Clerks. This uh, we've got a cast of Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, Jason Muse, 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 Kevin Smith, and also directed by Kevin Smith and written by Kevin Smith. It's like The Office. A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. Um. And so let's look at the IMDb um, synopsis. Synopsis, right. A day in the lives of two convenience clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies, and play hockey on the store roof. That's like 10 minutes of the movie. It is, but... It's 10 uh, minutes, but... It's also the entire movie. It is. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a perfectly succinct summary, just like uh, Jaws was for us. Right. So... Excellent. So let's uh, let's go ahead and hit the jingle, and we'll go right into the trivia. Sure. So 
this uh, this movie was shot in black and white, and it was roughly edited, and that was because of a very modest budget of twenty seven thousand five hundred seventy five dollars for the wow. for the film. In order to do to do it in color, they would have needed to bring in all sorts of lighting equipment mm. for the different shots, different angles, and they just didn't have that. Right. This was Kevin Smith's first movie out of uh, out of film school, which. Um, which was in Vancouver, Vancouver okay. Film School, and um, so to raise money for the film, he uh, Kevin sold a large portion of his comic book collection, which was oh, wow. vast, um, and he also maxed out like eight or ten credit cards with two thousand dollar limits, <laughs> and then he also used money that was uh, that was set aside for his college education. And he spent the insurance money that was awarded to him for a uh, car that was damaged at a flood. Oh, wow. So he took pretty much every penny he can get a hold of, and he made this movie, and it yeah. worked for him. Yeah, it works like him. it. Um, so the quick stop where they filmed, Kevin Kevin Smith worked in that store. Oh, wow. And he worked there at the time because he wasn't mm-hmm. the big director that he is now. Right. Uh, they shot for 21 straight nights. He would clock in at 6 a.m., Finish work at 11 p.m. Then they would shoot until 4 a.m. Wow. He'd go back and get a couple hours of sleep and go back to work. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't really? even know if he was supposed to be there that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, really, it doesn't seem like it'd be worth it to get those two hours of sleep with all of that work. Right. Right. Just stay awake and, and uh, mm. barrel through it. And right. then you start to see unicorns running across the street. <laughs> right. and, um. Clerks is loosely based on the Divine Comedy um, by Dante, uh, very well known. Um, I think it's a poem, but uh, but it's I I've n- I've never read it, but I believe it's uh, it's a war between uh, God and and the devil. Mm. Um, but um, that's where the na- the protagonist Dante Hicks. That's where he got his name from. Is from. Uh, from that, but also in in the Divine Comedy, what I know of is they they break it into nine different sections, mm. and that's why when we watch it, we see all these different titles. It was kind of an homage to okay. to that. Um, there is a there is a scene where where Randall is ordering some videotapes, and he's ordering this collection of adult films, right. and also um, this this kids movie for the kid that's uh, that's in the room with the mom, right. and and Jeff Anderson refused to read those titles with that kid in the room, and so you see different shots, but they they were done at different times, and so that kid is never hearing the list of okay. uh, porno names. That's that's a nice stand that that mm-hmm. he took there. Um, Let's see. Jason Mewes, Jay, was so camera shy that during the dance scene with him and Kevin Smith, uh, who, who played Silent Bob, right. everyone had to leave and go into the video store, and they just left the camera rolling so that uh, Mewes wouldn't be so nervous. Really? It's it's interesting. As as you see more of of Jason Mewes and see more of Jay, and uh, and this is the first thing that you've ever saw with, with those two in it. Right. Um, and so... As you find out more about his personality, it's really interesting to see that he okay. was so camera camera shy with this. Um, let's see. Kevin Smith said he got his inspiration to be a filmmaker and make Clerks after seeing Richard Linkletter's Slacker. So I I hadn't heard of Slacker. Mm. Um, 
when I showed when I showed Amy Clerks, she said, "Hey, this reminds me of Slacker." And so we we bought Slacker and and we watched that. And it's I can definitely see the similarities. But you know, Richard Linklater, he did that that one that movie we just watched uh, with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Days and Confused. Days and Confused, yes. Yep. Yeah. Good so, um, but he does a he does a lot of really good movies that that bring out the personalities and the characters, right. character driven films. Um, Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. Uh, Scott Mosier was the producer of the film, and he okay. he's also one of the actors he played Snowball. Oh, okay. um, so Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier attended Vancouver Film School in British Columbia. Uh, they made a pact that whichever of them first started directing a movie, the other would produce. Smith created his film first, and Mosier produced it as he has all of for as he has for all of Smith's films. Wow! So yeah, that's 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 a good team. That's mm-hmm. a good team. They've done a lot of stuff together. Um, so this is the part that you might find really interesting. Um, Clerks was selected for preservation by the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, who deemed it culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant in 2019. Why? This movie encompasses the 90s. Really? It really does. Uh, like the the beginning to, to mid-90s, from the style, from the music, from from just how people hung out and spent their time. Okay. It, it is, it is 100% the nineties. Okay. So, Interesting. On, and on, a, on that note, just as a throwback to the nineties, I, I want to let you guys know too, that we have our, our nineties fanny pack, <laughs> uh, which is available now at, uh, at barnesboys.ca forward slash store, where you too can, can step back into the nineties and have some Barnes boys swag, which helps support us and the fun that we do as a father, some team. So mm. please jump on there, take a look and, uh, and see what it is that you like. Sure. Alrighty. So here we are, back for impressions and memories. Impressions and memories. Um, first overall impression, um, it definitely did remind me of a lot of the. Um, it reminded me a lot of Christopher Nolan's first film that he did. It was. Which one? Oh, it was here. Let me let me look it up real quick. But okay. what I'm talking about is like it it was made in black and white. It um very low budget, very mm-hmm. small cast. Um, yeah, it it was really interesting. Right. So um, yeah, this as we said, this is this is right out of film school for Kevin right Kevin Smith, and I've I've been a huge Kevin Smith fan for years and years and years. And something that I learned along the way is I don't believe he finished film school. He dropped out for whatever, either because he wanted to go to make a movie or right. a budget. I don't remember the reason, um, but he dropped out. And then he went and d- did this first film with with Scott and a bunch of people that he knows, and it turned him into this huge success. It showed what he was capable of as, as a writer, as a director. He's gone on to do do so many movies in in the the view askew universe um as well as as well as writing and directing um uh dc marvel stuff mm. um other movies horror movies so okay what, what'd you what'd you find out so christopher nolan's first movie is called following 
following. I haven't, I haven't seen that it's one. It's essentially a film noir. Um, it's really, it was, it was also his first movie and almost directly out of film school as well. Um, there, there were a lot of similarities that I, I saw with this, uh, looking at, uh, choices of lighting um camera shots all of that it's and it's it's also very similar to to clerks in the way of um very small movie and then the next movie is going to be huge movie sure due to this yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah so what what else for your first impressions um it I'll, i'll talk about this a bit more uh kind of get more depth into it but it really reminded me of the kind of acting that I do. Um, okay. I don't do much film acting, but I do a lot of uh, stage acting. Right, and, it, right. and to me, it seemed um, uh, almost... There, there were a lot of similarities that I found with this movie and stage acting, with the very static set, um, very few scene changes or mm-hmm. like location changes. Okay. Um, but yeah. Okay, so um, did you know anything about this when we started watching it? Not at all. Oh no, so, I didn't. I didn't really know too much. I I didn't know anything actually about it. Okay, going into it. So with a with a with a, you asked me what are we watching today, and I said Clerks. Did this fit anywhere in your impression or of what you thought it might no, be? No, I, I literally had no idea what to sure. about it, and so I had no idea what to think of it. I knew that it. All I knew is that it was a comedy. Okay. That's it. Okay. So it was it was really interesting. It was really good to uh to watch this movie. Right. Right. Um, like I always said, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um I uh my memories of of this um it came out it came out in 94 and mm. I um that was my first year of college. I I I definitely didn't see it then. At that time, um, most of my free time was was spent working with with the youth group at church, or mm. playing playing in the orchestra there, or or playing music, or hanging out with with church friends. And this this doesn't fit within uh, right. within the kind of entertainment that that they would either watch or would admit to watching. (laughs) And so I, I, I knew about it. I knew that people were seeing it and were saying all kinds of good things about it, but I didn't know, I didn't see it at the time. Um, I actually didn't, uh, didn't see it until after, after we moved back to California from Georgia. Okay. So, so, um, it was it was on DVD and, and I remember this this was shortly after shortly after the actually this was around the time that I started watching movies twice back to back. I would watch the movie and then I would go back and watch it again with the commentary on to okay. listen to to listen to the directors and yeah. and actors and and all the crew talk about whatever went into making the film. Right. And so this was this was one of those films for me and. I, I really enjoyed it. The first time the first time I, I watched it, I was laughing. I was laughing at the audacity mm-hmm. of some of the things that, that were being said, um, as well as just blown away by by the brilliance of yeah. this, thinking, Oh my gosh, I can never write like this. This is this is amazing. Um and that's 
That's what I remember from that. And okay. then, and, and I, I know we're taking it a bit past this movie with this, but um, every, every subsequent Kevin Smith film, I, I was, I always wanted to be first in line to see it. I just absolutely, I absolutely loved everything that he put out. And, and by then he had put out a couple more movies right. too. So I went back and watched those again, watched them again with commentaries and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this guy is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so that is, that was my, my impression or that's, sure. that's the memories that I have of watching this for the first time. Right. So, um, before we move on, mm-hmm. We do want to give a shout out. Uh, we're uh, part of this movie. You've got uh, you've got the guys, and we'll talk about this in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But we got the guys all go up to the roof to play hockey because hockey was their thing. Right. And volleyball's always been your thing, and mm-hmm. it's been uh, volleyball's been a huge part of my life. So right. we, we just got back from vacation a couple couple weeks ago. Yeah, and we we're in we we're in Florida, and while we were there, we met some guys. and And um, did you want to give a shout out to uh, to the boys? Sure. Um, shout out to uh, trying to remember to, their names. To, to Jacob, Jacob and Tommy, Tommy and Joe. Joe. Um, so we we met we met these guys. We met yeah. these three guys uh, at the resort we were staying at, and um, we started playing volleyball at in the pool. Mm-hmm. And we um, it it was we kind of teamed up and got we got along well, but we kind mm-hmm. of teamed up and. We played at different times against this uh, this Mexican soccer team that that came, and mm-hmm. uh, we we held our own. Like we, we lost five uh, five games to four games, uh, and then we also played against uh, against these Three. these frat boy volleyball players. Yeah, yeah. these college that, volleyball those teams. games were intense. They were they were they were good solid games and. And again, we were, we were, what, what did you say? We were average Joe's gym versus, right. uh, the versus, purple cobras. versus the purple cobras from, uh, from dodgeball. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, so just a shout out to the boys if yeah. you're listening. Um, and, uh, it was good playing with you and we'll probably never see you. Again. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back with our viewpoints, which is everybody's favorite part. All right. All right, so this here is, we are. What, what did you call it last time? The the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Ironically speaking, mm-hmm. and we are we are we acknowledge that we're a couple days late for the podcast. Only a too. day late. But by the time this gets by the time this gets uploaded and everything, it'll be a couple days late. Yeah, I think. So last uh, last week, I I was actually rear ended and got a pretty bad concussion. Um, and some other damage done to me. So my ability to look at a screen is limited to about 10 minutes at a time every few hours. So it it changed things up for me a little bit. Um, So it did delay this. So I apologize, dear Mm. listeners. Um, So let's let's start off here, though. What do you you got, Anakin? Do you want to start? um, My first two... Uh, my first two notes are what I talked about in the impressions okay. and memories is that it was black and white and the shot choices remind me of uh, Christopher Nolan's first movie, a very experimental and seemingly low budget but good quality movie. Okay. So th- those were the first two things that I wrote down. Sure. Um, what, 
what stood out to me right at the beginning was the graininess of mm-hmm. the of it. Um, this again was Kevin Smith's first movie. It's low budget, right? Straight from film school in Vancouver, and he's shooting on on film, and he's shooting mm-hmm. on film that he could afford with that twenty seven thousand dollar budget. So, yeah. so it's not a it, it's not like um, like he's using IMAX seventy millimeter or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's definitely a lower lower budget and i appreciated that i I appreciated that that grunginess to it Mm -hmm. it just i mean from from that the film stock and the editing style it just oozes the early 90s right you know the the music from dante's jack boots the flowy pants his uh his 80s car it's just (laughs) it just all brings me right back to, to the good old days yeah it it makes me think um what what the equivalent would be uh, if it were filmed maybe a couple years ago, I I would think that it the equivalent to black and white film mm-hmm. camera would be equivalent to maybe shot on a couple iPhones, you know? Okay. Um, and it it would be interesting to to me to make a to make a movie like that, uh, shot on a couple different iPhones, edited in Premiere or whatever, and to try and almost encompass like the 2010 to the, the, the times where I really, my adolescence in a way started happening. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. That's just a random thought that I thought would be cool. Sure. Um, I, I, again, looking, looking back like that, something Mm -hmm. that I absolutely loved was when they showed the shot of the video short, video store mm-hmm. you see a sign that says vhs and nintendo so <laughs> what i remember as a kid was taking my bike to the video stores a small video store like that mm-hmm. and um and i would no no this was before blockbuster okay. and i would spend my money on on renting a nintendo game uh, if you wanted to rent a video that wasn't a release it was one dollar if it was a new release, it was two dollars, mm. and also for Nintendo games, it was two dollars. And then you you rent it, and you had you had two days to play it. Then you had to return it. So oh, I wow. would take my my hard earned allowance from mowing Pop's lawn, right. <laughs> and I would spend it uh, renting Nintendo games and just playing the heck out of those yeah. things. And those were those were the old cartridges. Those were right. the very short games, so you could actually beat a game in that time. It's not like Breath of the Wild or anything like that. Right. Well. I've I've seen some videos where a guy beats Breath of the Wild in 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Um so one of the uh, one of the things that I noticed right from the beginning um is Jay never shuts up. The character yeah. of Jay when he starts talking he just goes and goes and goes mm-hmm. and goes. So Kevin actually based this character on mm-hmm. Jason Muse on his real personality. <laughs> and I don't want to I I there's a lot to go into and I wasn't there, so I'm not going to talk like I was there, mm-hmm. but, uh, but one of, one of my favorite podcasts is called Jay and silent Bob get old. Mm. And they're, they're in a couple hundred episodes now. Um, Amy took me to, to see a taping of one of those uh, yeah. last year okay. and it, it was, it was, it's great, but I've been listening to this and, and the, the premise of this is, uh, Jay, uh, Jason Mewes has struggled with some, a lot of addiction and he's had a really right. hard, hard life. And so they started using this podcast as a weekly checkup on him is just, 
just, Hey, how you doing? And checking in with right. you and it's worked, you know, he's, he's, he's held sober since 2010, oh, wow. which is great. And, um, but, but in that they, they talk about the current projects they're working on and, mm-hmm. and other things, but all, they also delve into their history and how they got to know each other and, okay. and all of these things from both of their past. And, and it's great. It's, it is so fascinating. And just if any of you are underage, it is a very hard R rated, uh, podcast. Okay. Um, just, just so you listeners know that, that are a little young, it's, it might not be for you. Parents do not listen to this around your kids. Um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's great. And the point being, um, um, Kevin, Kevin Smith, he was, he was, um, just so, um, enamored with, uh, I don't think that's the right word. Um, but he was, he was very intrigued by, by the personality, by Jason Muse's personality. And, and by this time they had become friends. And so he, he wrote this character based off of that, but, but Jason Muse had to audition for the role of Jay (laughs) for, so that's to audition for the role for basically himself. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. A lot of my notes here are are very much um, based off of how much I like the style and how how many times it like reminds me of like theater acting or uh, this note that I had here. It was I, I like the style. It's like a college film project, which now knowing the history of it, it basically was sure. So part of that style, there's the black and white, but the other part of the style is the quick dialogue banter. Yeah, it's it, the quick dialogue banter. I've found um, a lot of people tend to really like mm-hmm. um, with movies. Movies like um, oh what uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yes, Goodwill Hunting had between Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Robin Williams, Matt Damon. It was all the 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 dialogue between those kind those characters were really quick and really um, and really well executed, mm-hmm. which is really I tend to find is makes the movie a whole lot better if it's min- if it's missing everything else and it just has the good dialogue like that. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be a good movie. It is, and it's it's a different it's a different kind of movie that way. Right. And something that I've I've learned again listening to listening to the commentaries and this podcast is mm-hmm. is uh, that's that's what Kevin Smith is about. He's about right. the the dialogue when when he talks himself. He's just just goes and goes and he speaks really well and right. um, has a great vocabulary and is very very good at getting his point across right. and. And he writes that into his characters, and and that's that's the integral part of yeah. And 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 it makes it even though even though um, this movie and all of his movies are just filled with with um, with you know sex jokes, homophobic jokes, you know right. things just are a lot of lowbrow humors in that. Mm-hmm. It, it's extremely extremely intelligent, yeah, in in the way that it's written. And so it all, so it appeals at a higher level at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's why, that's why it's been, he's been so successful is because he does cover that, that whole spectrum. Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot more enjoyable when you have, again, quick dialogue and it's also more like um, even intelligent sounding. Sure. It, 
it doesn't even have to be intelligent. You could you can take a dumb sounding sentence and execute it in the sense of you sound intelligent. Right. And it's good. Right. Um and like that kind of dialogue is something that when I do acting on stage is something that I tend to see a lot when I see when I do um, like scripts written by my classmates, some of the better script writers in my class, mm-hmm. they're really good at that kind of dialogue, good back and forth. Um, and like writing that dialogue, a, like a good back and forth, a very intelligent, get to the point, but also have like almost mini monologues. Cause each, each line to me, it seemed like um, instead of, like one word, one word, one word. It was each character had like almost a mini dial uh, monologue. Yeah, they they had something of substance to say. Yeah, and then they bounced it back and forth, and so it was. I mean, mm. it's it, he wrote the kind of conversations that I wish I could have with all of my friends. Right, and and I love that. It, it's mm. it's so easy to, to buy into, and then you 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 immediately you immediately become connected to these characters because of that. Right. Um, which is interesting because he had, I'm sure you noticed the general lack of acting skills through, through a lot of the different, uh, mm-hmm. actors, but, uh, Kevin tends to cast his movies with his friends, kind of like Adam Sandler does. Right. Um, but back in, back at this time, he didn't know a lot of big Hollywood right. names yet. And so, and so, um, these these actors and and some of them have become bigger actors since then, but but they were they were getting started or, uh, you know his 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 brother and right. his mother are in it and his and mm. the contractor that was working on the roof is in right. it and and just random random people and because of that uh, it it did it did remind you that it is an indie film in, yeah. in that. Um, but, but it was real and, and it was great because he was able to, to, like I said, take, take that, take this little project from his friend mm-hmm. and, and none of that became a barrier right. for this, for this movie mm. and completely propelled his career as well as, as well as Jason Muse and, and a lot of the other people that were involved. Yeah. Um, so um, I something that stuck out to me too is that um, is that character of Olaf, uh, his um, Silent Bob's cousin. Oh, the he was he was the Russian and he was singing Berserker. Oh yeah, da 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 Berserker. That, so that's that's kind of that's a big song, but it's. Um, that is the only time I had heard that song until the movie Triple X with Vin okay. Diesel. And then I heard it in that movie too. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I've, I've heard it a ton. Okay. Um, and I have no idea why that stood out to me enough to write down. But I, I, I've never heard that song. I thought that song was written for the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was. And maybe in Triple X, they, they just, the, the band covered it or something. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh. Um, I absolutely loved the randomness, randomness of the customers. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, you've, you've worked, 
you've worked places where you just have a huge variety of people that come through the doors. It's been all three this, of my yeah. jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that is truly a day in the life of customer service. Yeah. It, it's something that I did relate to because I haven't been like a, essentially like a convenience store clerk. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at, I worked at a Chuck E. Cheese. You, you see all different types of families there. I worked at a grocery store. You see lots of um, very interesting people. And don't say the name of the place you work right now. No. You could just say what kind of food place it is. Yeah. And I work, currently I work at um, an establishment. <laughs> <laughs> a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Yes. I, I work at a, I work at a restaurant, a fast food restaurant, and it's, I'm typically more on the front end. And so I see every kind of person in our area and I then draw conclusions of, yep, this is the area that we live on. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's very relatable seeing the different types of people, mm-hmm. um, and having these experiences. Cause like, at one point, I'll have a really nice um, customer or guest or whatever, um, and then literally the next guest, I'm going to – there is some already somehow annoyed with me. Right. I'm like, I didn't do anything, and then I tell them that we're out of something, and they get mad at me. I can't control that. Right. I, I worked um – I worked at the, let's see, without without naming any brands, I worked at the technical support back area from a very well-known electronics company, which I won't mention, but it has something to do with fruit. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and one of the things that um, that as a new employee was 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 pounded into us is everybody has a story. You don't you don't know what somebody's story is. Right. Um, and and because because of what I did for work, I would I would only see people that were having problems, mm-hmm. uh, whether they they broke their phone or they lost their data or right. or you know whatever. And so and so by the time I see this person, they're already upset, they're already yeah. agitated, and it has their their anger, their frustration, or their their you know, fear of, of having things lost that has nothing to do with me, but I, I am the, I am the, the target, I guess, of of all of that energy. And, um, and I've learned that, that, that with everybody having their, their own story, you can never really know what, what a person's going through. Someone just complaining because all of the photos are lost on, on their phone because they, they lost the password to their iCloud account or whatever. Um, you know, it's okay, whatever you lost, you lost your photos, but come to find out it was the last photos that, uh, that she had with her grandmother before her grandmother Mm. passed away, you know, things, things like that. And, and, and we, and somebody that, that comes in, who's, who's completely filthy and smells like, smells awful and he's just just really weird and and, um he was a he was a customer who we um we all hated to work with because he he would open up his open up his computer with his porn on the on the the computer facing the rest of the store and so we're like oh man not this guy again um but he, he, you know, whatever his personal life, whatever mm-hmm. he he had his own business that he built from scratch um, 
with miniature ponies and, and, and doing miniature pony rides for, for, uh, for kids and carnivals and, and all that. Cause he had a, he had a disability. And mm-hmm. so in order to be successful and get past that, he did something that he could do. Right. And he used every Apple, every product from mm-hmm. that company that was out there. <laughs> and, and he would tell people how much he loved our company and loved the service that we gave us and mm-hmm. loved, loved the quality of the, the products. And so, I mean, he's, the ideal customer right. because, uh, because he's, he was using the products like they were meant to be used. And he was an evangelist, you mm. know, sa- just saying, Hey, this is great. This is great. This is great. And, and you know, it, with, uh, with this, this movie, you've got, uh, you've got this guy breaking all these eggs and, or looking right. through all these eggs. And he has a story of, of account, right. you know, it, they make a, uh, make a joke of it, of, of, his life is meaning meaningless because he's a guidance counselor, but, but you know, everybody has a story going, going in. Yeah. Um, so did, did it, did it stand out to you at all that the convenience store had groceries and drink and like alcohol and cigarettes, anything like that? No, that's not something that we see here in BC. Uh, convenience stores don't have, don't have all of that. They, Depending on where you go, um, I when we used to live in the area we used to live in before here, mm-hmm. um, the convenience store that was just right by our house, it it had a lot of that. I even think it sold alcohol. It didn't. It couldn't because the licensing is different here. Right, right, right. Because don't you have to have like a whole completely designated section for that? Yeah, or a designated store, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but still, with... The like tobacco licensing, I see that a lot. I yeah, tobacco tobacco is pretty common. Uh, pretty, right. I lost my thought. <laughs> pretty <laughs> common. Yeah, it it didn't really like. It wasn't like a like a flag in my head that went off because it was. I see convenience stores like that all the time. Sure. I'm used to it in the states because licensing is different. It's just right. I, I just, it just caught me off guard because I ha- haven't really seen it much in the last right. few years that we've been in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, where we, where we came from originally, they, that's, that's very common. It was just like, Oh wait, that's different. Right. I mean, it could have also just slipped my mind because I'm not the one buying those, those kinds of things right now at my age. Sure. So it, but well, I, I really hope to not see you buy cigarettes, you know, right. but, uh, but yeah, Um, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, Randall said this, uh, said this great line that said, uh, this job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. Um, isn't that is 100% the theme of every, every retail, every job ever. Yeah. Because, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I really enjoy the job I have now. Um, Mm -hmm. I, this is the first job that I've had that I really enjoyed my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are very, they were very friendly uh, when I first started working there and I've made, I've made a couple friends there already and it's, it's really nice. It's okay. nice to work with people now. Um, whereas before I, I was either the young one, the new kid or whatever, sure. nobody, it, it was hard to like make connections with people. Right. Um, and I really enjoy my job now um, because Good. I have, good coworkers, friendly coworkers. It's just fun to be around. Like we listen to music. It's awesome. Um, and even, 
even at times the 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 really bad guests won't uh will will get to me but most of the times they don't because i can just laugh it off with my coworkers. Mm -hmm. but it's with the other two jobs i can that i've had before i can relate to that because working at where say chuck e cheese working at chuck e cheese would have been a great job if it weren't for (laughs) me having to deal with every kid that came in Mm. there every angry parent that came in there it was well, really, the whole job wasn't that fun, but it did allow me to um, uh, find my dream of cooking. So okay. that's nice. Yeah. Uh, well, that that job for you is was what in the professional world you call an uh, RGE. It is a resume generating event. You get that job and you Fair say, enough. "I want to work anywhere else." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I even. Even working there, I I had to find some ways to have fun there, and I did. Um, but yeah, as soon as I got that first job, it it was like, all right, now that I have some experience on my resume, find a job. Right, right. Um, I uh, mo- moving on past that. I, mm-hmm. I was gonna. I wanted to point out my next nineties. Okay. Nineties call out here. Sure. So. Veronica asked Dante to go to coffee at night. Did did that stand out to you at all? No, I drink coffee at night. Most people don't, though. Right. Most people don't. But that was a huge '90s thing: is going really? going for coffee at night. Um, there were there were pretty much um, Starbucks and and Caribou and and a couple of the other couple of the other big coffee chains have pretty much killed the smaller coffee houses, but that was, that was a really big thing in the nineties before Starbucks gained its power and its dominance and, and gained all five of the infinity stones was, (laughs) um, was coffee shops everywhere. And, and you just go and hang out and you go meet somebody for coffee at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night when you're both off work, because, Mm -hmm. um, because at that age you don't have a family, uh, for for anyway, for my generation in the right. '90s, I should say, you you don't have a family that you're going home to. Um, you're you're working a job with crappy hours, so you're getting off at, at you're getting off work at seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Right. And so you just meet up with a friend or a date or whatever, and you go and sit and eat, you have coffee, and it doesn't matter that you're going to be that it keeps you up until two a.m. because you're going to be up that late anyway. Right. And then you sleep sleep all morning, but. Um, that was a really heavy thing in the nineties. And now that's not as much of a thing as going out to meet somebody for coffee late at night. Yeah. Cool. It's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, I, uh, I, I wrote a note here about the old man that came in for the bathroom. Um, Oh, okay. So again, this, this is, uh, this is a customer thing, but he just keeps pushing and pushing and, and every right. little thing, he just, he just asked for more and he asked for more and he asked for more. Now I've, I've ran into customers like that in, in my, my job. And it's, it's like that, that book, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for, uh, for milk. Yeah. And I've, I've run into, I run into customers like that all yeah. the time. And I'm sure you have as well. I have. And, uh, it's, it drives me absolutely insane. I see that a lot at the job I work at now. Okay. They'll ask um uh if we i i usually say this if we missed something in their bag mm-hmm. then they're like oh 
uh, you forgot this in my ba- in my bag. Oh, okay, that's uh, that's my fault. Let me go grab that for you. Grab sure. that. Oh, can I get can I get some ketchup? Mm-hmm. Can I get some um, uh, some chicken sauce or nugget sauce or whatever? And nugget sauce we have to charge them for. Okay, but at the point where that you're picking up the food. Yeah, they're yep. picking up the food. We're like we're not going to go through the entire process of charging you. And so like, yep. So I hand them one and they're like, Oh, can I get one more? (sighs) (laughs) Sure. Do you need anything else? Oh, can I get some napkins? Yeah, I can give you some napkins. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on right there. I am a frequent customer of, of this establishment, especially this specific one that you work at. And I 100% of the the time through the drive-through, I ask for extra napkins and that's not, because I'm being pushy, it's because I usually don't get napkins in the first place, and if I do, it's one piece, it's one napkin that they put on the oily wrapper and everything. So if you wipe your face with it, you're gonna break out. That's because you've never had me <laughs> in the drive-through. I I always put a lot, uh, not a lot more. I always put extra napkins in there than some of my other coworkers do. I I once saw um, the. One of my coworkers put in one napkin for a for a breakfast meal, <laughs> and he left to go do something. And then, so I just grabbed a couple more napkins and put it in the bag before I oh, handed nice. it out dr- the drive thru. I'm like, that's oh, I'm so me. proud of you, son. <laughs> Thank you. It's one napkin. Right. Like, if you're gonna give him napkins, at least at the very least, give him like three. Right. But do you think you would have done that if you hadn't been in the car with me so many times as I've asked for more napkins and explained to you why? Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) Because that's what everybody else does. And I kind of want to, with that job, you want to keep it consistent between every every crew member because... Sure. Well, if you're looking for consistency, then either don't give any napkins or give one really oily, messy napkin. Right. And that will be consistent (laughs) with the experience that I have most Mm -hmm. of the time. Um. I actually have, I'm not sure what about your notes. I had one more note that I wanted to, uh, to mention too, because this is your first, this is your introduction into the view askew universe. Okay. Which spans, um, which spans, um, clerks and mall rats and dogma and, um, chasing, Jay, Amy. chasing Amy and Jay and silent Bob strike back and clerks too. And Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Okay. Uh, not so much Red State or Yoga Hosers or um, or Tusk, which are some of Kevin Smith's other movies. Um, but in the Viewisk universe, um, these are these are all connected, and and they they connect like um, with Jay and Silent Bob, who are consistent throughout it. Okay. Um, Alyssa Jones, who who was mentioned, and uh, as as you see more of see more of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's that fun connection where even though you may or may not see the actors or the characters on screen right. when they talk about them, it's like oh, okay that yeah, that's that's what happened and it right. just gives you gives you further backstory into stuff and it, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, I was I was scrolling through my social media at one point recently and I saw something about how to watch like the the clerks or whatever okay. universe and i'm yeah. like oh okay and they're like um right before you watch clerks you need to watch small rats because apparently it takes place the day before i'm like oh that's cool i didn't know that yeah. okay 
So that's, like Mallrats is is from what I've seen and now learned, Mallrats is a prequel to the first Clerks, but a day before. Okay, I'll tell you what we don't. Uh, that's one that I had on DVD and I lent out and I never got it back. So I will I will buy that on iTunes for okay. you so you could watch that tomorrow when when you get off work. Uh, yeah, sure. So <laughs> <laughs> again, um, a- another thing that I can relate to with um, with this is that I get the weirdest shifts at the weirdest hours, and like tomorrow I work from a weird time to the weirdest end time and one time i had a 5 a.m to 9 a.m what are you gonna do to, with that so i i don't understand why why you struggle with that one because to me it makes sense because you, you catch the morning rush and people driving through and going to work and then don't the breakfast the is well you, you you catch the predicted morning rush you can't you leave before some people have even woken up like i got i got i get there at 5 a.m okay i do prep by the time we open at six. Okay. And then somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I do it. Okay. Um, and then I work for three hours in a very, I'm usually the front counter. So it doesn't really, it means I'm not in drive through, which most people come through in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I have a very slow day. Um, and then I'll get put on drive through or whatever, but then I get off at nine and I'm like, well, and you've, you've, I'm glad that I get paid for it, but it's like you've worked and you have your full day ahead of you. That's true. So unlike That's Dante, true. who who has to go in the opening shift, and his mm. manager went out of state, and he's not even supposed to be there. Okay, so the original ending of Clerks, by the way, okay. uh, the original ending had somebody coming in, robbing the place, and shooting shooting Dante, and he dies. Wasn't even supposed to be there. Exactly, <laughs> and and that's that. That was the that was a little tag on that is is, or the, the the depressing part is he wasn't supposed to be there. He did all this, and mm-hmm. and then he dies at the end. But it was a little too a little too dark, and right. so and so Kevin changed it to this, which means that we get to experience Dante and Randall later on as right. well, which is great. Um, oh, when was it? I had a really, I was covering a shift recently, and somebody died. No. Okay. But it was a very long... Oh, yeah. So I was covering uh, one of my coworkers' shifts. Um, it was... It wasn't... I wasn't supposed to close that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only supposed to be there for like four or five hours, maybe. Okay. And then... Oh, this was the other day. Yeah. Okay. And then um, right before my shift, like a couple hours, I get a call saying, hey, can you close tonight? I'm like, in my head... Just watching clerks. I'm not even supposed to be there. <laughs> you know, you right. want me to close. Right. Sure, I'll do it because it's money and I like working. You could have played hockey on the roof. <laughs> I could have. You could have. I could have. Yeah. And I, I said that a couple times at work too when something like really intense happens. Like we get like 12 drive through or not drive through, 12 like delivery doors. And I'm like, uh, I'll get done with it. And I'll be talking to my coworker. I'm like, I wasn't even supposed to be here. And I had to do all that by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, well, any, uh, any closing thoughts on clerks or did you have any more notes that you wanted to no, address? It, um, I really enjoyed this movie. It, um, the dialogue, the, the, the camera shots, the looking at it from a technical or not technical is the only word I can find, so I'm going to use it. Okay. 
uh, the from a technical standpoint and as a theater actor, it there was a lot of things that I could enjoy about it when it comes to the acting, the directing, camera shots, and all of that. Because if if I were to make a film, I would do as many or as few cuts and different angles as I could because it sure. makes it less complicated and I'm not too smart on that kind of side. But sure. I still want to make a movie that's almost a stage show on film. Mm. So I would, I also, I would strive to do a movie like this if it hadn't already been done. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, so I, you you score, you score really harshly on, on your movies. Um, oh. and just with the possibility, because Kevin likes to listen to podcasts that he might be listening. What would you score his movie at? <laughs> um, <laughs> his first child. For a, I don't even want to say it because it down it almost downplays it. But for it being a very uh, first movie right out of film school, um, for it being so well done, mm-hmm. it was very impressive, and I it was really enjoyed it. it. It had a lot of aspects that I could relate to as someone just working in the in the economy of today um, okay. and also just um, from from a human standpoint I could relate to it and from a, an actor's standpoint I it's really it was really easy for me to enjoy like because of the things I've okay. said um, as far as rating goes, I would give it a eight point one. Eight point one. That is the highest score you've given any of our movies, and that's that's including Big Trouble in Little China and Police Academy. Big Trouble in Little China. I I'm gonna say I don't. I've seen that movie. <laughs> I've seen that movie twice now, and I haven't enjoyed it that much. Oh both my times. gosh! Oh my gosh! All right. No, no, that's that's a that's a really that's the highest score that you've given so far. So that says a lot about yeah. this about this. So, um, Kevin, if you're listening, thank you for putting out this movie. It, and it, if you're listening, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, that too. That too. That too. So um, we'll be right back here with uh, with our ending and let you know what to watch for next week. Alrighty. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to the Barnes Boys. What are your memories on? Uh, <laughs> what are your memories about Clerks? Did we miss anything important? Let us know at www.barnesboys.ca. Thank you for joining us as we continue our season two. Be prepared for next week's episode of Airplane oh, by watching our movie before the podcast that, and sending us your comments on our website. All right, and our theme music is written by Ryan M. Barnes. You can find him at www.silvertooth.org. Have a great week.